I'm Tommy Cows, and this is Dragon Heart. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, I spy with my little pie something beginning with Dragon Heart. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I am your host today, Bill Long, and joining me is Mark Griffiths, Neil Williams, and we have a, a special guest with us today, Humphrey Carr. How is everyone? Very well. I'm Great surviving. Stuff. Don't you worry, Bill. <laughs> um, we've got a, a few things to talk about today. Obviously, we're going to have a bit of time with Humphrey first before we get uh, started. And then there's there's just a little matter of uh, three wins in, in, what was it, four days for the, the Wrexham team. So this is Dragonheart. I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. So, Humphrey, uh, nice to, to finally meet you. Uh, how's the... the <laughs> I don't know where to start with this, really. How, how has it been this season in League 2 for you so far? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been good. I think overall, I mean, it sort of depends on um, depends on when that question is asked. As of this moment in time, being Thursday, the 9th of November, around nine minutes past six, um, very good. Yeah, we you know we find ourselves in third position, um, albeit a couple of teams below us have got games in hand that could theoretically push us down to to fourth or even fifth. I think, but you know, we've we've started the season in um, after after a sort of you know a bit of a, a rocky up and down start um, by our standards, which you could say we've had the last three seasons in a row in a way, um, albeit that the rockiness this season was a bit more spectacular with, with conceding five goals at home, two games in a row, virtually whatever it was. Um, we're now sort of coming into the winter period in, in a position of, of real strength. It feels like the last couple of weeks we've seen some of our best performances of the season, um, you know, two amazing away wins, uh, in quick succession, one in the league and one in the cup. And yeah, everybody's feeling, you know, I think we're all feeling our oats, if that's the phrase. Is that a phrase? We're not spreading our wild oats, that much I know. But we're, <laughs> we're, we're but there's something there's something oats related that we're doing that's good. That's very wholesome, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we are we in your estimation ahead of the curve? It just really, I mean, it, it just feels, it, it was always going to be wonderful. And that's always the idea, isn't it? Um, that we're going to accelerate quickly. Have we got here sooner than you might have expected? Um, that's a good question. I th- I think so. And, I, I, and the reason why I say that is because I think the quality of Stockport in particular and Notts County and, um, you know, there's a couple of the other teams around us this season, Mansfield, which we hadn't necessarily budgeted for. I mean, we always there was a lot of talk at the, at the end of last season. Oh, Wrexham's going to go straight through, and Notts County will as well. And Stockport, obviously, you know, have been a, a great team for a few years now. They had their takeover a little bit before we did, and we've always felt like they're a little bit ahead of us. So, I mean, obviously, you can't do this, but if you take them out of the equation, the kind of the you know where Wrexham are is blinking good, and um, you know, possibly ahead of, of where we thought it was going to be. But I think we always, you know, huge credit has to go to Phil and Steve and, you know, Chris Johnson from our scouting department for, for you know, constructing this team in the National League that was, you know, really seriously very good. I think on the documentary the other day, you've uh, uh, Ben Foster was talking about, you know, what he saw of this team when he came in and suddenly being like, oh, this is a League One team, really. You know, this is essentially 
And I think that we probably, you know, on balance, maybe are, you know, a League One team uh, uh, in in terms of quality. If if you work on the same proviso that the top of League Two is better than the bottom of League One in the same way that, you know, the top of the National League maybe was better than the bottom of League Two. So I'm very happy with where we are. I think um, I was hoping we'd do well this season. I was confident, you know, having keeping together a core group of players who played together, won a championship together, got on as well as our players do because they are all very, very close with each other. And it, it seems like a very happy ship. All those things were good. And then, you know, the players that we've added, um, you know, in, in James McLean and then Arthur coming in late and George Evans have, have all brought something to the table and, and all, you know, performed as we hoped they would. So another classic long-winded answer for me. I'm very happy with where we are. I think I think I thought we'd be here. Was that what I was that what my answer said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the women's you... side? Because on the women's side, I mean it's there's real root and branch change. Absolutely. Uh, it's fabulous, isn't it? What's what's happening with them? Is that a head yeah, and... Is that is that look it, it feels for me, you know, I started this season thinking let's bed in. And now I'm thinking, could we win it? <laughs> it's, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. I think we were just like, look, the, the you know the main objective for this season for the women's team is consolidation. And you know, if we could finish in the top half, great, that'd be tremendous. And you know, similarly to sort of Stockport, I suppose, um, you know, Cardiff have had a, a little bit longer to sort of get their ducks in a row and and create a culture there and. You know they've they've got the, the 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 sort of hotbed of South Wales football to draw from, um, but I, I'm thrilled with where we are, and and I think that you know there we there isn't more than an outside chance that we could you know we're three points off the top, um, you know virtually halfway through the season, so it's um uh, or certainly halfway through phase one, um so yeah very happy with that as well, very smug this this podcast interview, <laughs> you're right, <laughs> all very good, we've done well. I'm clever. <laughs> Humphrey, you, you, you're like, you know, the, the sort of the spokesman for the club in, in, and for Robin Ryan in a lot of ways. And I, I've seen, you know, a lot, a lot of interviews that you've done uh, where you get asked similar sort of questions. So I'm going to try my best to not ask you the right. same sort of questions that you always get. <laughs> but what, what is the question that you're um, most bored of answering now? Oh, it might it might be why Wrexham, which is a totally understandable question. So I, the, it makes to every every sense that every different outlet wants to ask that question. Um, but I do think I've explained it many times, and now I <laughs> you just have that thing of like it feels I'm like oh god, is this so boring for anyone who's who's you know clicked onto this to see if I say anything new or interesting? So possibly that. <laughs> so why Wrexham? Um, there you go. I, I think that was um, let me tell you the real truth. Uh, <laughs> yes. the, the top secret truth. There's Deep a gold beneath, mine under the race course, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. the race course, there is a huge lithium deposit. Uh, <laughs> controls it, controls the future. I, I did wonder why HP got involved, but now suddenly it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, you hear a lot of digging. If you keep seeing, if you see uh, Charlie go past with a giant sort of uh, um, mole man style. Uh, um, uh, underground borer, then that's uh, that's what's going on. This is why the new cop stand's not started to be built then yet, is it? Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, well, it has. That's the thing. There's a giant sort of, much like the top of the volcano and you only live twice, that that thing slides under the pitch and then we descend <laughs> in the middle of the night. Get uh, brilliant. <laughs> but it's... It 
Are Rob and Ryan happy with the position where the club are as well at the moment? I'm sure they, they will be. Yeah, no, I think they're ecstatic. I mean, it's, it, it's um, you know, I, I think what has occurred has sort of exceeded everyone's wildest dreams. I mean, you know, Rob is a Rob is a big dreamer and a big thinker and and is possessed with this kind of boundless confidence that whatever he does will be a, will be a huge success. But I think all of us were like, well, yeah, you know, we we will do, you know, we'll do well and and um we sure we'll get, you know, an audience uh, uh to follow the documentary and we'll get more people into the race course, but you know, to be where we are now and and you know, perfect case in point this week are 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 uh, Bristol Street Motors Trophy um, uh, Group Game Three, getting seven and a half thousand people into the race course is bananas. You know, I, I was actually sitting with two of the folk from Maximum Effort, which is Ryan's marketing company, who who you know helped the club in any number. Of, any you know, if you watch any of the funny videos that go out on on Twitter, they're all over that. Um, you know, they help us to sort of uh, um, cosset our sponsors and all all this kind of thing. Um, they're sort of uh, unofficial commercial arm of the club in a way um but they so they're, they're often producers from there over we've, we've got a big sponsors weekend this weekend so they're in town to press the flesh and say hi to everybody and i'll hand out a tray of mini sausage rolls and everyone will be happy um and uh, <laughs> anyway i was explaining to them about the efl trophy and you know saying to there was one guy who'd not been to the race course yet and and i was like this is crazy I and mean, this is mad this, this is you know these are games that historically draw sub 2000 crowds because you know it's it's a competition that until you're into the last stages a little bit like the fa trophy is not as high a priority with all due respect to bristol motors bristol street motors trophy it doesn't get quite the same carry the same cachet as the league or the fa cup so to have that many people there is is just bonkers really and, and you know, that's an incredible yardstick because we've obviously got very spoiled at having 10,000 people in a week for league matches. But you can see things like that where there's just this huge enthusiasm. And I talked to lots of people outside who are like, oh, you know, we just we haven't been able to get a ticket to other games. So this is my daughter's first ever game. Or, you know, this is a chance for us all to come as a family because often, you know, dad and daughter have got season tickets they can come, but mum and son can't or whichever way around it is. So, yes, they're ecstatic. Another long-winded answer. I've gone on, gone uh, philosophizing around the houses but yes i mean i think that i know they're both thrilled uh, and as well i mean the fact that it was obvious we would pick a fully changed side as well and yet people are still mm. wanting to come and and i just like you mentioned maximum efforts i mean that they must be looking at that and thinking this is an incredible example of sort of uh, both on a small local level and on a big international level, an incredible spreading of the brand, if you will, as all sorts of yeah. incidental things you see that just make you think, gosh, we, we are big here. It's, it's, it's incredible mm. how it's gone. No, completely. And it's not just the glamour ties. It's not just the, you know, big FA Cup games or, or you know, Wrexham, Stockport County at the race course that people are are coming out in droves to watch. So, no, I mean, I think it's, it's I mean, on a very sort of minor mundane level i was in london was that two weeks ago i think um and over the course of the day about five different people came up to me and were like you you're you the wrexham man um sort of thing <laughs> words to that effect or i got like up the town and across the street from someone and it's yeah it's there's a real sense that like you know people are watching and following the story i'm really struck by i talked to some really nice lads outside of mansfield 
who came bouncing up to me and um, were like, you're that guy, aren't you? You're the you're the fella from Wrexham. And I was like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just so nice and so complimentary about the documentary and complimentary about the club. And I talked to some Port Vale fans the other day who said exactly the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's nice that we, we know football is full of rivalries. And I'm sure, please, by all means, people watching this, under the, chime in in the comments telling us all to get absolutely <laughs> stuffed. Um, but, but um, you know, there, there's... I'm really struck by how positive a lot of the, I mean, obviously it's different, you know, online people say lots of horrible things, but they would, they would never say to your face. Um, and um, I don't know if anyone around here knows anything about that, um, <laughs> but, uh, but the, um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's nice that people, you know, it's great that it has sort of, it, it's reaching, it's, it's arriving in different areas. And even within the UK, even within, you know, what is, such a traditionally tribal thing where you kind of don't want anyone else to do well to have fans from the same division mm. be friendly and nice um like my cigarette at half time good on them god bless <laughs> me they are last was i don't know whether you've you've kind of covered that with with what i was going to ask but what what on a personal level has like really surprised you about the town or the club or the the whole experience I've always said that I, I and I, I will reiterate it, even though, though it's something that I said before. Often people say, "What's your favorite thing about it?" or "What do you what do you love about Wrexham?" And and this is, I get the sort of same answer here, which is, I just can't believe the welcome that AI received when I first arrived and was, you know, no one knew who I was, but all they, you know, if they could Google me, they'd be like, "It's an old Etonian comedy writer." Like, what's what's <laughs> this going to be all about? But the people were, I think, I think, I hope, quite early on, were like, well, he seems really enthusiastic about it. He seems to genuinely love it and 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 the place and and you know, I hope have it have his heart in the right place. And I I I would extend that out to you know, and you guys obviously have a a, a great rapport with lots of our international listeners and things. But uh, you know, I've lost count of the number of times I've met people at, outside the race course or outside the turf or wherever it may be who are in from, you know, um, Topeka, Kansas, and they came to a Wrexham game in the summer and they met some folk from Wrexham there and got chatting and that they had come over and they were staying in people's houses. You know, they're getting picked up from the airport by someone they had met on Twitter or on Red Passion or on, you know, some, some Wrexham forum, the Facebook group. And that people in town have just welcomed this big influx of outsiders in such a big way. And I think it goes back to that thing of if you love something and someone else loves something, you know, you ha- you build a connection almost instantaneously that is really cool. So I think that's that's the thing that has most surprised me and most that I find most um, sort of impressive, really, about about Wrexham. What a, what a welcoming place it has been. I, I'd agree with you there, Humphrey, because a, a couple of friends of mine went to the, the game for the first time on Tuesday because they, they could get tickets. They'd never been to wrestling mm. before. And their words to me when they came back was how welcoming and friendly the people were in and around the ground, the stewards. They, they really, they, he went with his young daughter and he yeah. said, had an exceptional experience going to the football ground. And everybody. Oh, glad to hear that. Yeah, well, I'm, that, I'm thrilled by that. And it, it, it's. You know, we obviously strive to do that, and and you know, when you when you have a big organisation like ours, we can't always. There will be de- there will be days where you know someone's had a bad day, and 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 you know that you'll get a short answer off a steward, or or you'll get you know, whatever it may be. 
but I think collectively, you know, the club, but the town as well, as I say, is like having, having, I, I always remember going the first baseball game I ever went to, I went to see Red Sox versus Blue Jays in Boston in like 2006, five, five, I think it was no six. Anyway, couldn't be less relevant to the story. Apologies for that aside. <laughs> um, uh, and sitting there with my friend, Jamie, just absolutely baffled by what was going on. And some people around me, around us sort of started to twig that we were constantly sort of whispering to each other why why is that guy out i thought you i thought that was fine like what happened and they made us instantaneously we were adopted and and everything was explained to us and it it, it built a lifelong love for baseball and i associate baseball with that sort of kindness and that uh that positivity and so i you know i'm really thrilled that our fans are delivering so much of that to all the people that are coming and um, i'm really glad to hear that you know stewards and, and club staff were were producing the same on tuesday night for your friends i'll tell you something that i i think has struck the old wrexham fans if you will um is that Rob, Ryan, and yourself come into it with that humility and then commit fully. So there was never talk from Rob and Ryan of uh, of any sort of uh, preconceived notion of football. They were determined to call it football as well. And just, yes. uh, talking about the stewardship of the club, that all plays beautifully for us because we want that in our owners. Hmm. And then also, I, mean, I, I noticed, I was listening the other day to the interview, there's, well, I've forgotten the name of it. It's good, the Scottish football podcast. Exactly, in the morning. That's it, that's it. Um, and there was a point where you set, talked about we got promoted in 1978. And it's only a little hmm. thing, but we like that. You know, we, we know that you, Rob Ryan, you're us, you know, that yeah. you you weren't aware of it in 1978, but it's all just like all football fans. That past is now part of you and us, and I think that's that goes a long way in proving the sincerity of the whole thing. No, absolutely. I think I think it's sort of. It, I mean, one of the greatest pleasures of this whole experience for me is so. So I'm, you know, by day I was previously a, a Liverpool fan, mm. and um, you know, as you can tell from my appallingly posh uh, home county's accent <laughs> got nothing to do with liverpool at all i just i picked that went to boarding school needed to pick a team pick liverpool and it grew into a kind of a, a bit of an obsession um and so i was always very vulnerable to that occasionally very annoying thing people do where like oh yeah i was there when we won the european cup in 2005 people like we oh did, were you playing mate did you do that to <laughs> But I also even had that thing where I was like, well, I'm also the plasticest scouser in the universe. So it always kind of that always those barbs landed a bit more effectively with, with me than they do with with other people. And so to be part of something, to wear the badge into the ground and and know that I am contributing to those things in, in you know, in my own small way, um, is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like it's the most exciting. You know, I get such a thrill. Like each year, when when it's time for me to trundle down to Macron and get my new uh, vest and my new big winter coat with a different sponsor on it, um, I I'm giddy as a kid at Christmas. I can't wait. I can't wait to pull it on. This year, yeah. I went to Extra Mile and was like, "Could you put HK on the on yeah. the thing? Look like, a, <laughs> look like a real football man." <laughs> uh, yes, okay. If you if you like, you know, and it's my most prized possession. I love it. I, I because it's sort of, you know, usually when I arrive every day, I go, uh, I, I go through the players' entrance and out and step out onto the pitch and just sort of have a look at the stadium every morning. 
um because it's it remains just the coolest thing in the in the universe that I get to do that. So, so no, I mean the we thing is I feel very much everything that has come before is has led to where we are now, and everything we do in the future is a continuation of that. So, so no, I'm very proud to say we and us and and uh, and the club. But when you say the club in that way, we in your voice you've capitalised the T and the C, you know, <laughs> the club. It's a bit. It's, it's a big thing. So, you, you sort of famously, uh, you know, the the story that you probably told ten million times is that you were playing football manager when when a uh, sort of Rob had, had sort of taken a bit of interest in in what you were doing in football. Do you yeah. still play football manager, or is it a bit too like close know. to home now? Yeah, it really, it's a busman's holiday. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's what it is, and it's also it's too easy. That's the thing is that like. You know, on Football Manager, you you know, if you want to sign a player, you basically sort of go to them and offer a certain amount of money, and they they'll accept at a certain point, by and large. Um, and you don't get that thing of like, oh, well, actually, his girlfriend's just opened a mobile dog grooming company in uh, <laughs> down here, and, and they're really kind of going to concentrate on that, and you know, or, or um, you know, any number of the like real human things. Like it's it's one of the things that I I think the documentary has done well albeit in a in a on a very you know you can't capture this sort of the, the enormity of it is to humanize our players and to humanize our staff and to remind people that you know these guys are not you know i noticed someone saying the other day and it, it, it actually might have been you mark on commentary of one of the games recently. I, I don't remember who said it but it was on i heard it maybe one of the podcasts that, that the other that uh, somewhere around about the place was someone observing um oh sam dolby's you know he's really kind of kicked on since he got his new contract and it's like well yeah that's that can ha- that's a very human thing you know he's a young man he's he's you know living quite far away from home and he's got a bit more security in his future and he's got a vote of confidence from his manager that is more palpable than just chin up mate you're doing great and i think his performances have changed to reflect that and and i think that you know, bring it up because lots of people were slagging Sam off at the start of the season. And, and you know, Sam's currently, you know, back in back in the good graces of the mouthy element of our fans who like to slag off players. And there'll be someone else will be in the barrel soon. But <laughs> often what, what it is that people don't know is, is there's human things. There's things at home. You, know, you see Anthony Ford's story on the documentary. A lot of people didn't know about that. They knew he was out of the team. And I think, you know, word got around that he had something very difficult going on at home. But the enormity of that is just inconceivable and, and we have things like that happening all the time because that's life you know we have a big organization and in and around it things will happen and it's quite a traditional football thing sort of you know we're, it's a closed shop and you know we'll always respect the players wishes we'll you know if they want people to know they'll let us know and we'll let people know and if they don't we don't so you know god where did this question start uh football manager, football manager. <laughs> yeah. so, but, uh, yes yes so none of that is reflected in football manager you know there, there was a there was a when i was at school there was an urban myth uh that uh someone was playing an ollie gunner solskjaer got arrested for drink driving and uh and was you know in the game they got a message saying oh no ollie gunner solskjaer has been arrested for drink driving and he's not playing you know he's he can't play for six months <laughs> Um, but uh, I don't believe that ever actually happened. It was just a, a sort of rumor that did the rounds. Um, and yes, it doesn't, you know, it's 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 fun. I've, I've been playing a lot more sort of uh, 
because I do spend a lot of time on my own in my flat in Wrexham, I've been playing a lot more role-playing games on the internet. So that's my that's been my uh, sort of uh, Dungeons and Dragonsy type things. But that's just a spiritual mythic quest, isn't it? Really, to be fair, it is. Yes, that is. Yeah, another busman's holiday for me. It turns yeah, out, they <laughs> just cycle through my interests. I just love it... the fact that the new football manager has got Geraint Parry in it. That's absolutely oh, it beautiful. does. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> I did. I teach you. To be fair, I did go on. My nephew had a copy last year, and I went on just to snoop around what it said about uh, about the club and who is you know mm. i did not make an appearance in there i was quite annoyed uh, <laughs> uh, couldn't find myself anywhere but yes yeah, so it's just interesting getting sort of ryan reynolds i think i we fiddle around with it for a bit and and you know i, I can't remember what was it we we are we asked to sign a player for sort of you know can we spend fifteen thousand pounds on this player and ryan turned us down i was like I, that's normally we have to stop him from trying to buy players for too much money this is this is unreal <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, was it two years ago that no matter what you did to fiddle around with it, um, Rob and Ryan always pulled out halfway through the first season? Yes. Uh, which yes I wasn't yes. amused by that at all, I'll tell you. Although I will yeah. say that I did buy Owen O'Connell before the actual club did, for Oh, sure. So, you know, <laughs> if you want any consultation, that'd oh, be yes, man. <laughs> to know who else you bought, Mark, just in case we want to get a hold of him. I'll, I'll have to, won't I? I'll have to get my head around that. Yeah. <laughs> I may have got Tunnicliffe as well now I think about it. Sure. <laughs> um, was it Baldur's Gate three you've been playing? I just got asked. It was, you it, it, it was and it is Baldur's Gate three. I is finished it, it now. Is it decent? Because I, I it's one of the best games I've ever played. You've right. I'll wait. I'll wait till Black Friday then see if there's Stick any that sales. On your Christmas <laughs> list. <Ask Yeah>. <laughs> it's really. Good. Um. There's, Go there's, on, Mark, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, there's, I mean, obviously, there is a ludicrous scaling up that had to be done at the club. And yeah. I would assume that that's still a work in progress. You know, I mean, Sean For Harvey sure. was on with us about a year and a half ago, and he was saying, you know, you, you've got to understand that this is such a dramatic leap forwards that, you know, there will be sometimes we have to be yeah. playing catch up. That must still be the case, I'd imagine, because we're growing so quickly. No, absolutely. I mean, and you would know that as well as anyone because you, you know, you've been around the club for a long time, and you know, you know, you were here when I arrived, and and have seen, you know, the 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 steady um, addition of more and more members of staff in in all different departments. And yeah, it's it's you know the analogy we've often used is like a sort of we're like a rocket ship uh, um, that that's sort of taken off at very high speed, and we're still trying to build the rocket at the same time. So you're sort of clinging onto the outside, trying to hammer heat resistive ablative plates to the outside of the rocket while uh, while it's roaring along at thousands of miles an hour so it's um no completely i mean i think you know, one of the things we've said recently is that the the process you know we are sort of aiming to try and get to the premier league and we need to get you know at the moment we're still we're sort of national league plus in terms of our infrastructure um or bottom half of league two um and yeah there's there remains tons and tons of work to to get that and you know we have more and more people joining us every every few weeks you know we i mean this this summer we hired something like 15 members of staff to create an academy sort of out of thin air and they've done a brilliant job and you know we've just had our our uh, first audit in relation to the academy and they did really really well we got given you know i, I actually funny enough bumped into one of the auditors at mansfield 
um, who bounced up to me and was like, oh, I've done, done your audit. Um, and um, he was very, very complimentary about, you know, what they had achieved in a very short space of time. So, yes, every time I come back, because I live, you know, live in America and, and I come back and forth. And every time I do, there's new people, there's new bits of equipment, there's new this, that and the other. So, you know, it's all heading in the right direction. It just it takes takes longer than one thinks. And, and the building of a new car is important yeah. for that reason as well as getting the attendance up because oh i mean the race course is atmospheric and wonderful and historic mm. but its infrastructure is ancient and you, you need yes. that new you know a new building with new space with with like i said better infrastructure just to be able to yeah. function more efficiently i think completely i mean we we you know as people will no doubt remember we sort of bl- blasted is a strong word but we 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 went up into the into the eaves of the uh, of the Yale stand of the of the uh, Wrexham Lager stand as it is now to put in the gym there and that was like oh great we found a big chunk of space in here we can use that but a lot, what probably a lot of people don't know is that that stand which is where you know the main that's where the club shop is that's where we have uh, you know kitchens that's where the players eat in the scent um, when they're there during the week um, that's where uh, you know Geraint's office was and then that moved out and we put a ticket office in there we moved Geraint into the pods on the car park and then Geraint's gone back into another office in there mm-hmm. and um but it's kind of divided into two chunks you can't walk through from one end to the other you have to climb up a set of stairs and go up and over and down or out and around and yeah it's just it we love it it's magical but it's quite a sort of inefficient mm-hmm. place so yes the new cop stand we have high hopes well not high hopes we have plans direct plans to stick you know, a lot of uh, office space in there and a new club shop and, um, you know, a lot of things. And then, of course, when we build the the training ground, which is which also, you know, remains very much on the cards, um, that's probably where the football department will all go there. The academy, the first team, medical will all go out to that facility, wherever that winds up being. And we'll build a great big building there and they'll, they'll all be in there. Um, so you'll have sort of, yeah, club administrative staff will be at the race course and uh, and the football department will all be elsewhere, probably much to the relief of both parties. <laughs> My wife wants you to build a training ground right behind our house because there's going to be a huge build, uh, housing estate built there. And we've got uh, to have yeah. a training facility. So, you know, if you could put in a good word, that'd be fun. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and I can just hop over the fence then to spy. Yeah. Yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well uh we we're slowly running out of time so we'll uh we'll wrap this up uh for you humphrey let you get off and uh kill some goblins or orcs or whatever it is on on a Baldur's <laughs> gate that you kill um it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on um one final question who's which player smells the nicest hey uh, yes okay well um it's going to be hard to look past Ben Foster because a, a, a whole a, a, an international scene was created by my wife waxing too lyrical about how good Ben Foster smelt when she <laughs> gave him a hug uh, uh, in a, when they were in, um, I think it was in San Diego, actually, that that happened. Um, and we all, everyone sort of crowded round and pressed in on Ben to give him a good sniff. He did smell very nice. Um <laughs> But that said, he's not. He doesn't play for us anymore. So I have to try and pick another one. Hmm. Let me think. I mean, I'll, I'll listen. I don't. It's difficult to say. I don't know that I have a favourite smelling player. I'll say my favourite player <laughs> is Ben Tozer. 
Uh, ben gives a good hug. He's a tall lad, so that's nice for me. And also, I think it's a bit of a treat for him because you know when you're when you're a big centre back, it's probably been a long time since you got hugged by someone taller than you. Like, and it reminds <laughs> you of your dad. So this, I maintain, <laughs> maintain. They may not maintain this, but I maintain that our centre backs particularly like getting a hug off old HK. Um, <laughs> so I, I will I will claim that whether or not it's true. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Well, thanks very much, Humphrey. Um, where where can have you got anything you need to plug or anything that you that where people can follow you? Um, no, do you know what I am gonna plug? I do have something I'm gonna plug. And that is um the Rex and Miners project, please. So I'm very, very honored to get asked to be patron of Rex and Miners project um last week. And um it just in case anyone following this doesn't know about it, it's um you know, an organisation that is dedicated to resurrecting and preserving the old um, miners' rescue centre in Wrexham, which is where they used to train people to uh, affect rescues in the mines all across North Wales. And um, it's an incredible old building, grade two listed. Um, the previous owner was um, a, a not great. I'm going to say that. That seems mm. un- it can't be in too much trouble for saying that. No. Um, tried to get down with a with a um, you know a, G- a JCB digger type thing, and um, this incredible group of volunteers, many of whom have connections to the mines and many of whom don't, are restoring it and um, they are putting it to incredible use as a community hub. Um, and we at the football club have been working with them quite closely in various different ways. And as I say, I was very honoured to be asked to be patron of it. And it's a brilliant thing. And if you look at the Christmas presents, they've got a great shop with all sorts of weird and wonderful Rex and Miners project things in it. And everything you give will go towards preserving this wonderful building and all the brilliant people inside it. Uh, and Rob, Rob's also promised to bring that wheel back to the race course when we build that new stand as well, hasn't he? He has. And that is, that's the plan. Yeah. So hopefully, I'm oh, not actually saying hopefully, but I mean, when this is a very British thing, I mean, uh, hopefully it's going to, it's going to happen. <laughs> There's going to be this great big plaza out the front of the, of the cop. Um, you know, that hope that hope I will say hopefully, because this isn't <laughs> that hopefully will, will be a really great place for people to congregate. And I'm hoping that there'll be like food trucks there and, you know, be a, a great sort of fan zone area before people get into the, into the stadium. And, uh, yeah, the wheel is going to go up there. So, so it's going to be preserved there in perpetuity. Um, cause yes, the connection between club and, and mining community is very strong as we know. Great stuff. Well, uh, Thank, thanks very much. After this, we are going to be talking about the Mansfield game. I'm Gareth Owen, and this is Dragonheart. Well, uh, thanks again to Humphrey for uh, joining us. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to him. Uh, but another thing that was an absolute pleasure was that Mansfield game, Mark, wasn't it? How, oh. how was it? Uh, you were there, weren't you, commentating? Yeah, yeah. yeah how was it? At the game, um, it was great. Once I evaded the danger of electrocution, uh, <laughs> as my, my extension plug exploded, uh, and I'm not, I'm not um, exaggerating. A big blue flash came up. It was crazy, um, but the performance was equally explosive. Bubum, they, hey. I mean, we were just <laughs> at it from the start, and you know, when we played there in the league. We were a bit more conservative, or maybe should I say, weren't able to get of our heart out of our half that much because Mansfield are a very good team. But in this game, we were at them from the start. We were making chances from the start. We could have had a few more, were it not for the brilliance of Christy Payman goal for them. And frankly, two one flattered them, I thought. 
Yeah, I'd really agree with you. I mean, we could have been three or four up by half time. Um, but but for their keeper, um, yeah, excellent performance by the Reds away at Mansfield, where they, you know, they struggled for a draw in, in the league. Um, Mansfield were far better team there in the league game, I believe. But uh, Saturday they were impressive. Yeah, I've been looking at the data, the League Two data, and something that interests me is that Oconquo has got well. Firstly, he's top of the league in terms of uh, you know goals conceded per minute and things like that. But also, um, <clears throat> his shot, his save completion is the best in the league. And I think that's partly because he's really good. But I think it's also because we are defending a lot better now. And I think that Mansfield game was an example. They didn't get many chances in our penalty area. You know, we we, we keep teams, we restrict teams mostly to shots outside the box, which Okonkwo is going to fancy himself to save. And I think that's a big part of why he has such a good save completion percentage, because we don't, we really are restricting the amount of clear chances teams are getting against us now. Especially when you think we've got so many defenders out injured at the moment, and we yeah. have to reshuffle it all. We, you know, it's impressive. Absolutely, it's terrific, isn't it? But I thought it was a great performance. Um, I thought that Mansfield played well. They are clearly a very good team. But a number of people who said to me afterwards, "That's a good result for you because they're the best team in the division." And I was thinking, well, okay, I I think they're brilliant, but we just won at Notts County. We just won at Mansfield. Maybe we're the best team in this division, eh? Apart from Stockport. Uh, yeah. Whoever they are. I was going to say, yeah. Um, Every dog has its day. Wait till they get back to ours. It's it's <laughs> an interesting one with Mansfield because, and I'm not saying this is this is them because they've clearly started really well, but there are always teams in every league that start very well and then kind of tail off at some point. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they two games on the bounce that they've lost now. It'll be interesting to see how they react to that in the, the you know sort of the medium to long term. Um, but yeah, clear, clearly very good. But we were we were just better. I mean, we we we're getting into the the parky zone now, aren't we? We've gone through the 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 difficult sort of beginning to the season, and we're now slowly starting to get into that period where we we grind results out. Um, to that. I mean that Sam Dalby goal though. I I could watch that all day, every day. There's just something really satisfying when a player like absolutely thumps it and it doesn't go over the bar. It just goes straight into the back of the net. Br- brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I'm not leading on that onto anything with that. I just wanted to say it because I love that goal so much. Well, I, I do think it leads onto something very important, like Humphrey says. Um, Dalby, brilliant performance. You know, and criticism he's had earlier in the season. I can't quite fathom. He had a bit of a down period, but that was a hell of a performance. You know, mm. I mean, the finish, if it hadn't been, most of Pim's good saves came from him. He hit another one, they hit the bar, similar sort of effort. He was yeah. tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, Mark, after what Humphrey said, you know, the extension of his contract, just giving that boost of confidence for his future. And I'm sure he'll be starting on Saturday against uh, Gillingham. There's no Mullen. And for Gillingham is there as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. Who do we replace Mullin and McLean with? What an impact they made on Tuesday. Well, I mean, McLean's a, a, a straight swap with Mendy, assuming Ford's fit enough to go right back, isn't it? Um, or maybe, you know, McAlinden goes in at right back and Mendy goes there. But um, yeah, the, the, the striker situation, no Stephen Fletcher, 
due to injury, which is a, is a huge loss, I think. Um, so it's either Bickerstaff or Palmer. Do you, do you go for someone who is more of a like-for-like replacement for, for Mullen in, in the sense that Bickerstaff is not exactly the same sort of player, but he's more similar to Mullen than Palmer is? Or do you go with the two bruisers up top, Neil? That's a really difficult question. I would imagine that Parker would go for both Palmer and, and, and Dolby on and have Bickerstaff on the bench to be gone. Because yeah, I, I see him along the a bit more the closer lines of Mullin, the way you know his pace, his skill, yeah. Um, but I, I can imagine we'll we'll start with the two big lads up front on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, although I I think Bickerstaff's development is one of the most exciting things about our squad. But um, I mean, firstly, Palmer hasn't has played very well this season as well, and I, I don't think it'll do any harm to have him back in the team. And, you know, while they're both good in the air, I think they're very different types of strikers. I think Dolby is more, you know, breaking down the channels or running at people from deeper. And Palmer is more, if he pulls out to make spaces, he's good at turning and his passing is good. And he's more of a a monster target man, if you will. He can beat up 10 centre-backs, whereas Dolby isn't quite that physically sort of intimidating. He is physically intimidating, but not as much as Palmer. Um, and let's not forget that when we switch to that diamonds midfield, when we're trying to really go for it, we, we usually have Palmer and Dolby up front with Mullen in the hole. So they, they have played up front. I think they can play together. And I, I think that's a logical move. Although I won't be, I won't be uh, you know, sort of spitting my dummy out of bigger staff starts because I, I rate him very highly. Yeah, so do I, Mark. And yeah. They say going back to that diamond, I think we reverted back to that on Tuesday night when yeah. we played Port Gale and it, mm. it worked so well. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm in full agreement. And uh, do you know what? As much as you never want to see your, your best players suspended, it probably wouldn't hurt for Mullen to have a, a, a week's rest. It's just that he's undroppable, isn't he? If he's fit, yeah. he's undroppable. So to, to actually for him to have a little bit of an opportunity to have a week off, I'm sure he won't agree, but. I don't think when you start coming to the business part of the season, Christmas, the winter period is always tough, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To have him have a, have a little bit of a rest isn't necessarily uh, the worst thing in the world. But um, we'll we'll get back to the women's game in a minute. But uh, the Port Vale match, uh, a much, much changed side. Um, you know, it, it was a it was a very interesting game, Neil, wasn't it? I got. I got to say, one one person that really impressed me actually was a Port Vale player. Was it Walters? Their number twenty four in the in the middle. He he looked absolutely quality, and I think for our young lads and their young lads, that would have been an invaluable experience, wouldn't it, Neil? Yeah, it was great for the young lads to come on and have first team experience. But um, first half, I thought we were totally outplayed. Whether it was just tactical, and you know, Parkey said, you know, just absorb pressure the first half. See how we get on, but Port Vale were totally dominant in the first half um, and deserved their one nil lead. You know, they, they played some really skillful football. And as you say, that, that midfielder was, was superb. His, his skill, his dribbling into the box. And, and yeah, second half we came out, for whatever reason, it took the different team. We were all geared up and ready to go, uh, just like the Wrexham of old. And I, and I think that is because I don't think for a second that Parkinson did want them to absorb pressure. I think he was unhappy with what he saw in the first half, and so at half time, he's told them in no uncertain terms that they have to improve, and I think that's what we saw personally. Um, 
occasionally you see people criticizing Parkson for being sort of defense minded in the first half. And I think it's just the other team has taken the initiative and we've backed off a little bit. But I don't think he wants us to do that. And then the second half, yeah, I thought started really well. Totally different feel of the game. Um, but we didn't make that many chances during that period. It was good that we turned the game round, but then bringing on McLean, Mullen and Jones, oh, that just stepped it up another level again, didn't it? And at that point, Port Vale, well, they were reeling, weren't they? Oh, McLean with a sensation when he came out. I think that's the best 20 minutes I've seen him play the whole all season. He was absolutely superb. And, you know, whether he should be played in, you know, as a winger there all the time, you know, that could be his position a lot further up the pitch than the, than the left, you know, left back. I, I'm I'm curious about that as well. I mean, in essence, he played up front, didn't he? Mullen was was behind him in Bickerstaff, and he was popping up both flanks down the middle. He was everywhere, uh, but we can't experiment with that on Saturday, of course, because he's suspended as well. Oh well, but he was. It gives beast, us. A, yeah, he was, and it, it it's it's interesting because it gives us options. If you know, hmm. Mendy, Ford, Barnett. And himself are all fit. Uh, you know, like Phil Parkinson's kind of been lucky's the wrong word because you're never lucky when players are injured. Mm. But he hasn't had the selection headache that that he would have had if Barnett and Ford had been fit because Mendy and McLean have both had to play, haven't they? But it, it is interesting that that will, you know, that, that that little experiment kind of opens the door for when all four of those players are fit. You know, it it's it's another avenue, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, he, he clearly invested heavily in the summer on squad depth and quality squad depth, and we can see it now. The advantage of it, we we have a if if you look at how many players we got out, we have an injury crisis, proper injury crisis, but we've won five in a row through that, uh, which is just phenomenal, really. When when you take you know think of previous Wrexham teams, if we had this many players out, there'd be kids making their debuts all over the place. Instead, we're going to win 3-0 at Crew with our backup team against theirs. We beat Port Vale from a higher division with our backup team against theirs. We've got unbelievable strength and depth. It's it's remarkable. And and I think as well, a uh, word of credit for some of the young lads that they have given a game to. I mean, in goal, goodness me, McNicholas, ludicrous, yeah. ludicrous. Because he had two games. He looks like a proper pro- uh, prospect. Uh, Aaron James has done very well I, in a couple of different positions. Dan Davis has come in now, and, and you know he's thrown his hat into the ring. It's it's wonderful to see these youngsters getting opportunities and showing they can hold their heads above water. It's fantastic. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more with you, Mark. I think it's a great test for the young lads, and you know if the injury crisis keeps going on as is, we might be using them in the first team before long. So, uh, yeah, as you say, there's so many players out injured at the moment, and. You know, it's a credit to the the squad and the team that we're we're still, you know, winning games and and scoring freely at the moment. So, uh, yeah, well well done to the squad and to Phil Parkinson for for the team he puts out there. See, ten years yeah. ago, if you had this many injuries, I'd be bringing my boots to the game. <laughs> <laughs> you never know; they wouldn't have to register me because I'd be such a handicap. So, I could get a game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's injury crisis aside, and Mark potentially playing in goal aside. Uh, no, did I say in goal? Or maybe I want to go. No, right. Well, you you, you let us know that you are an ex goalkeeper, Mark. Oh, I am an ex goalkeeper. Yeah. I'm an appalling outfield player as well. But you know, <laughs> like the school's policy with me, put me where I can cause the least harm. 
And I'll say that. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but you know, like we that's two cup competitions that we've we've uh, progressed through. Uh we'd have gone through to in the League Cup if it weren't for you know a set of penalties. We're taking these cup competitions seriously, aren't we? Yeah, what are your thoughts on the, the home draw against Yeovil? I mean, it, on one hand, it's always it's always a positive to have somebody who's playing in a lower division than you to a degree, because by the very nature of the way the Football League works, you're supposed to be better than them. But Yeovil are on a good run of form at the moment. They've invested pretty well Uh they're top of the National League South, aren't they? From what what I can remember, they've got Jake Hyde there, who would probably love to come to the race course and and uh, shut a few people up. Uh, you know, in his eyes, anyway, I'd imagine. And uh, yeah, we yeah, relegation last season as well, didn't we? So what's that? Sorry, we cemented their relegation last season as we well. We did. So they've got so the players that are still there have got a bit of motivation. And we saw last year, you know, when we played. Blythe and uh, Farnborough that we actually made a meal of those games more than we did when we played higher opposition. So it's it's I like cautious, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I do think there are some caveats to that. And I wasn't I wasn't doing backflips when it when you know when they got drawn out of the hat. For me, at least it's a home tie. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, a home tie against team two divisions below us, and we are a team of this level of quality. You have got to see that, I think, as a very good draw. Now, having that's not to belittle Yeovil because they now get the chance to come and show what they're made of. And as you say, Bill, teams from lower divisions have been able to do that. It's their chance to do something epic. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, Yeovil in the past have beaten Arsenal in the Cup, so it won't be the first time for them. But, yeah, they can come and they can have, have a popper causing a proper upset. And that's exciting for them. Uh, from our point of view, it's a job that we ought to get done. Um, and I now aim then I'd always want to draw like this because I never quite understand it when people say in the early rounds oh let's hope we draw Portsmouth or something like that because that then is a tough game to get through whereas yeah. I want to get to the third round I want my tough game to get through to be Man United yeah. actually no that's that's not the case anymore is it Man City no, <laughs> I wouldn't want Man United yeah. to pick their backup team against us because I'd love to play I fancy our chances against the first team Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, so it's 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 exciting times. I I'm I'm really glad that we're taking the cup, uh the cups, should I say, seriously. I know the trophy has been our our backup squad, but when your backup squad includes Luke Young and Jordan Davis and Will Boyle, you know, like you like you were alluding to earlier, Mark, it shows the strength and depth, and it's not really like an old school. You know when Arsene Wenger started playing the kids, and it really was the kids in, in sort of cup competitions. This is a, a a very strong B team, and we are absolutely taking it seriously by playing those players. Um, yeah, it's positive, and it'd be it'd be nice to to go to Wembley to be contesting the Bristol Street Motors Cup, wouldn't it? I I, I would contend as well that Parkinson. Okay, he knows he's rotating his squad, but I think he's got trust in all the players in the squad as well. Yeah. I think he feels that that team he put out on Tuesday can definitely do the job. Especially knowing that Port Vale were liable to do the same. So, yeah, I, I think he... I think he's got faith in those players. I don't think in his mind it's so much about 
first team, second team. I think it's about keeping lots of players ticking over and ready to step up to the highest level when they need them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, after this, we are going to be talking about the Wrexham women's game against uh, Cardiff Met. And uh, we're going to look ahead to the games this weekend. I'm Steve Dale, and this is Dragonheart. Well, it's. Uh, I feel like we're being ditched every time we go to a break. Someone drops off. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, 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 where are you? I, I, I think he's got a pie to attend to, Mark. Uh, yeah. He stays for the glory, you know. He hangs around for Humphrey, and then when it's just us two, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Isn't it? We're, we're not glamorous enough for him, are we? No. Fair point. You know, Dis- Disney's Mark Griffiths, maybe he could start being big time Neil Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, Wrexham women's Mark, Cardiff Met. How was that game? Um, I didn't, again, didn't manage to watch it. Uh, I-, I won't make excuses, but the-, the baby is not far off. So my life is, is <laughs> drowning in a life admin at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, when Cardiff met Wrexham, well, it didn't go well for Cardiff, put it that way. I, mean, I For me, this is just a continuation of, like I said, when we were talking about Humphrey, that we're ahead of the curve of the women's team insofar as this is supposed to be a season of consolidation, and here we are, three points off the top. I mean, it's brilliant. We've just, I, I banged on about a double header of Aberystwyth and TNS. Didn't call it a triple header. Because, you know, Cardiff Mets are seen as a team that will be in the top three. And us, Aberystwyth and TNS preseason, you'd expect to be fighting for fourth place. Cardiff Mets have had a bad start of the season. And we just made it a whole lot worse. And so they're really not looking great at finishing the top half. They're a team that in the 2010s, I kept saying this in the commentary and apologise for repeating myself. But in the 2010s, they won the title five times. This is a, a big, big team. Wow. And we went to their place and beat them 3-0. And by the end of it, we deserved it. It was it was terrific. We, we had to withstand pressure in the first half, but we dug in. It's got to be said as well, because uh, it's important to point out, our first choice keeper couldn't play. Our second choice keeper wasn't available. We threw our 16-year-old youth team keeper, Chloe Ankers, in. She was tremendous. She was spot on. Mm. Yeah, she got on the the Adran team of the week as well, didn't she? Excellent. Good. Her handling was really good as well. You know, there were a couple of shots that, don't get me wrong, they were saves I think I'd expect her to make. But it's like, you know, when a Conquo, it's a good comparison. When a Conquo gets something drilled at him and you think you'll probably have to parry this away or push it over the bar or something, and he just catches it calmly. She did a couple of those, and that really impressed me. Uh, she was, you know... She was. She made good decisions. She was really quick off a line. Made two or three really important interventions. Where if she'd been shy and stayed back, they'd have been in. And, and I just thought, what a tremendous performance by her, you know, um, and a tremendous performance by the team as well. Uh, the, the second half, having got stuck in and absorbed a lot of pressure, we tore into them, and we tore them apart ultimately. And. It was just a hugely gratifying game. Rosie Hughes scores again, of course. Of you know, course. but uh, you know, well, I, 
So. Speaking, speaking of which, it's going to be a it's going to be a shame to see her suspended, isn't it? Was it? It was two yellow cards, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was a bit unfortunate, shall we say, because the first yellow was a sort of petty one, really, for kicking the ball away. And I'm I'm starting to get a bit bothered by the way that you know we've had this early season clanked down on time wasting, but now they're just all forgetting it and they're putting more normal time, you know, amounts of added time on, mm. and yet the anyone kicking the ball away at all automatically gets a yellow card thing, seems to have stuck. And I think that's a bit inconsistent. You see players blatantly time-wasting, and the refs are clearly thinking, oh, just add time on at the end. And then you see she's kicked the ball away. You know, we're 3-0 up right at the end of the game. Is it really time-wasting? Because mm-hmm. um, the result wasn't going to change, but she gets that yellow, and then, okay, as you're on the yellow, maybe don't go in for that tackle, but she did. Um, it's a shame, but I've also got to say, I mean, she's phenomenal, but we've got goal-scoring players either side of her in a front three, and we've got Ava Suckley as an obvious replacement for her through the middle, mm-hmm. who scored six goals against Bethelli and got another one in her first game after her suspension uh, in this match. It's only a one-game suspension anyway, so she'll be missing at Swansea, a big game. But, you know, let, let's see what Suckley can do, because you can't complain about what she's done so far for us. No, absolutely. And, you know, you, you were talking last week when we had ran on about, the, you know, all the options that we've got up front. And mm. it, it it's there's no point in having those options if you're not going to be able to utilise them at some point in the season. Yeah. It's it's a shame that Rosie's suspended, but it's it's an opportunity for who, whoever gets the, the nod to come in and, mm. and show their worth, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, we've got attacking substitutes as well, like Whitefoot, like Spearing. We've got we've got a good range of attacking players. We're currently playing Rebecca Pritchard, who is tremendous as a right-sided attacking player at fullback. You know, we've got a lot of options if we want to reshuffle a bit. We've got you know a lot of options, a lot of good players up front who've got goals in them. Um, and Rosie will be able to play on Sunday because it's in the cup on Sunday at Tuntle Flandidna. So a bit like the Oval game, a home game against lower division opposition, although Flandidna have always been a, a good quality side at the second level down. So, you know, that'll be interesting as well for us, a, a proper cup tie. But I say Rosie can play in that and, uh, you know, hopefully she can stick a couple in before she has to take a break. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so... Cup this weekend and then Swansea the weekend after for the the women's side. Um, it's all looking uh, to oh, I know I have to say it now, but excuse <laughs> the pun, but it's looking all rosy, isn't it, at the moment for for the <laughs> the the women's side. I I even feel embarrassed about myself after yeah. saying that. Uh, hmm. uh, the men's team are playing Gillingham on Saturday. That should be a a, a tough test, um, but. I, I might I can't remember exactly where Gillingham are, but they they've been a bit of an odd team this season, haven't yeah, they? Absolutely, won their first game was the first four games of the season one nil, and we're top of the That's league. Right, yeah. And you know everybody's thinking, oh, these are doing a lot better than we expected. And since then, they've had a weird rough patch. They lost a couple of games, sacked their manager. A move which a lot of people are shocked at. I mean, they were four points off the top when they sacked their manager. Um, but there were also a lot of people complaining that the style of football was unattractive and that, you know, they managed to keep four clean sheets and win one nil. But once they started conceding goals, that, you know, the creativity was an issue and they are the lowest mm. scorers in the division. 
so they're mid table. Well, are they? They're just they're just off the playoffs now, aren't they? Um, yeah. So I've just got the table. They're in ninth, and they've lost three of the last five, but yeah. won the other two. Well, they've got a new manager, um, Stephen Clements, who was who was appointed before these two cup games that we've had as well. So he's won at Hereford, lost at home to Fulham under twenty ones, but he picked a backup team for that match, so we could have a look at all his players. Uh, they're talking positively about him, you know, wanting to get the ball down and play. And to be fair, under their previous manager, Harris, they did get try to get the ball down and play. Um, so maybe we won't have to change our game plan all that much because we've just got superb results away to two of the sides who are the best at keeping the ball and, and building patiently. Uh, it'd be interesting, but, you know, they're the sort of team we need to be looking to, to beat if we're actually going to go straight up this season. No offense to them, but you know they're on no, form. We won five in a row. We've got to win this game, I think. Absolutely, and it's it's no disrespect to any any side. You know, if you want to go up, you have to beat the vast majority of the teams yeah. in the division, don't you? So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, and it, we've kind of got that weird dynamic now, where previously teams would be coming to us and look at a stereotype that I don't always quite believe in, but it would be like go to the likes of Wrexham and put on a bit of a show because you're this smaller team. Gillingham have a, am I right in saying they have a slightly bigger stadium than ours? They've been in League One not that long ago, so they've played, you know, their fans and maybe some of the players that are there will be used to playing the likes of Portsmouth. Mm. So, yes, we do have a bit of a target on our head, but it's going to be interesting to see how they react as a club to the the atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting because they're... They're talking a good game. They're talking about coming here and giving it a good go. Um, the manager and players all seem to feel like the the right oh. way to play is to try to be positive and attack. Um, so firstly, they could give us a bloody nose. But secondly, you know, often teams that you, know, you come out at us, you will leave gaps. So it'll be quite interesting yeah. to see exactly how it goes. I mean, I can't see a new manager wanting to come in and shut up shop. In a way, I think he wants to be positive by the way he's talking. So if they go toe to toe with us, we're gonna get another five goal thriller, are we? <laughs> oh, I, I, as long as it swings our way, Mark, I, I yeah. wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, as always, Mark, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure chatting to you and to our two ghostly apparition friends who <laughs> seem to have disappeared, Humphrey and uh, uh, Neil. Uh, you can find us on all the usual social medias, the good ones and the bad ones. <laughs> uh, please like, subscribe, share. I, I Send a giraffe to, to get it to your mates, however that works. I don't know. I, I hear there's lots of giraffes that are very uh, knowledgeable in technology these days, so I'm sure they can help you out. Uh, <laughs> What's going on? What's happening? It's, it's been a long week, Mark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and find us on on Twitter, etc. Uh, this has been oh, I've been Bill Long. This has been Mark Griffiths. They were Humphrey Carr and uh, uh, Neil Williams. Uh, Neil Williams, yeah, couldn't remember his name. <laughs> this is Dragonheart. Night, night.
I'm Mia Roberts and this is Dragon.